IDA and everybody within the IDA as well. So tell us about uh, let's let's go ahead and get into some beer. So do you know much about uh, that brewery? Because I did, I looked up a little bit. Since we don't get it here in Oklahoma, I tried to just see what it was. I've only had it one time, but apparently it's like one of the nation's oldest breweries. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, from from the, my understanding, what they claim is they are uh, America's oldest brewery. Um, it's a it's a full blown full lager, and uh, it's got a full body taste. Um, they do have a light version, and they have a tan and black version. I believe the tan and black version is probably closer to the, you know, more of the taste, uh, like a gift or something. Uh, however, I've tried all of them, and I, I like all of them. I, I enjoy Guinness myself, but, again, it's a very heavy beer. So um, the, the Yinling, the original, uh, it's just an all-around great taste. What's the black? There. <laughs> I think the phone broke up a little bit. But a tan of black, you like it, but it's just too much like uh, too dark for you? It's good. It's it's, it's okay, uh, Guinness. Well, I, you know, I'm not a huge Guinness fan. I'll drink it every once in a while. Uh, it's pretty good, but I don't know. It's got to be in the right place. You know, here, definitely in the summertime, I definitely would not drink it. But as it moves into winter, there's nothing wrong with a good Guinness or a porter. Do you ever drink porters? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like a porter uh, late winter. You know, you can't go wrong with that in a cigar. I know Rennie's a big cigar guy. Are you a cigar fan? I'm actually having one as we Oh, nice, nice. No cigars for me right now. That's a shame. I'm a pretty big fan of a cigar. What are you smoking? Uh, this one is a Romeo Julieta. Oh, good choice. Good choice. DJ, so tell us about your Bud Light. How wonderful is it? Uh, well, I've already uh, finished it. <laughs> it's just pretty much water, like you said. So I'm looking at I'm looking to find something else around here. I think there's a yeah, somewhere. Yeah, you know, here. Th there might be um, a whole garden up here for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah? So uh, I might slide back to the Yeah, so Justin, uh, we're hosting a, um, a Christmas party tonight for all the detailers here in Oklahoma. Now, not every single one will come, but so that's why I was running a bit late. Like, we've got, <laughs> we've, got uh, we've got pulled pork. And I smoked some wings, but the wings, for some reason, my smoker wasn't heating up all the way. And so I was kept staying late to try and get those going. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Smoke wings. Smoke wings are pretty legit. Hey, so let's get into your business. Let's get into some of the things that we can do to, to help people that are listening to this conversation. Because if if you're... You're definitely, from what I've known from you, you're big on helping other people. And I think that's one, one reason why, you know, just from somebody looking out from Oklahoma to Florida, there's a lot of what you do that seems to help other people. Uh, so what's your favorite thing that you have, like, for your business and what you do? What's, the fa what's your favorite thing that you do? Uh, within my business or for my yeah. business? Or 
honestly, passion and drive for you know being able to deliver a quality product and or talk to somebody and see their eyes light up to know that a light went on that they could better themselves and and just the overall I mean everything I mean seeing the customer when they get their vehicle for the end product and, and you know talking with other detailers and you know shining some light on maybe some new information or knowledge and, and seeing them light up. I mean, I think that's the highlight of it all. Just, just that in itself and being able to go through the trials and tribulations on my own and then be able to give that back. It's just one part of it. So that's, a, uh, that's an interesting point, trials and tribulations. So what things have you gone through that's been tough in your business? Well, um, you know, the earlier years of me getting into detailing, I actually purchased a pre-existing business. The gentleman did a lot of wholesale work. It was more common core detailing. Everything was bundled up. Uh, you know, you give the world for nothing. You, you know, 10-hour days to make 300 bucks. Mm -hmm. uh, that, yep. I've, I've really learned the hard way to say, you know, I come from this background that somebody else has, you know, doing $15, $20 watches. Um, and, and built up from there. And uh, and then marketing, you know, and marketing and, and advertising, it's all a gamble. You know, everybody comes to you with all these great facts about every demographic you're going to reach and how much potential it can bring you. And you start to realize and narrow down what really works for your business and what doesn't work. And uh, you start to realize that these people, obviously, that's how they make money is to try to sell you on how they advertise or market. But and that's a gamble. I mean, I'm better going to Vegas, you know, dumping money in a slot machine. Oh no, don't, don't go, don't do that, and don't go with my sister. <laughs> so we just went. We had a really fun trip. I took her. Uh, it's her birthday. We've always wanted to see George Strait. He's like my biggest country music artist that I I love. And so we went out there this past weekend, and absolutely never take her to go to the slot machines. <laughs> Every single time she lost. I don't know if she might have won like 20 cents the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah, it was brutal. Jeez. And so then I sat down at the tables, and usually I do okay, and I lost every single time too. And I was like, okay, you're cursed. I'm done. <laughs> I think I think it was like that at SEMA though too, Marty. I think you, I think you did a whole Oh, thing. I did, didn't I? Maybe this just in my year. But no, I did yeah. good at the car wash convention. The year, last year... Car the year before, yeah. you killed it. Yeah, you well. killed it. Hey, so... Um, That's it. I'm going back to detail. The gambling thing isn't for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So when, you, when you're around, since you, you're, you're out of Florida, but then you travel, right? Uh, not only with the Mafia, but with Buff and Shine and stuff. As you're out and about, what do you think some of the best trends in our industry are right now? best trends um, yeah well as far as services go i mean overall the trends in our industry are just growing i mean i would say around 2008 2009 when our industry started to really take a slingshot effect on evolution in both the, the, the manufacturers of machines products everything across the board and of course the growth of business and entrepreneurship amongst uh the younger community because they started listening of detailers and it just you know overall took a good turn for the better for us and the trends now obviously you know the biggest thing is and correction 
And um, it's a good thing. But, you know, there are negatives that come with that because it is popping like crazy. There's a lot of people that want to jump into it, um, not as educated as they should. And they feel to get paid like the guys that are getting paid well on the services. So it's a, it's a good and a bad thing. But, so when you talk about that, you know, I think you and I share, and maybe we don't, that would be an interesting discussion. Uh, you just mentioned correction, but I saw a video that you did where you were showing one of your cars and you talked about more doing paint enhancement. Um, I'm a big proponent of, uh, and, I, and I would say, because one of my questions I was going to ask is, what do you think one of the most negative trends are in our industry? And I was going to say for that is the cliche term paint correction, right? Like everybody that posts on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook, it's, I did a two-step paint correction or I did a one-step paint correction. And it's like, you know, I don't really think everybody's doing a full true correction. I think they're just using that term. So you mentioned in your video that you did an enhancement and then you also do corrections. Is, is that part of the way you, you do your job or do you always do full corrections or how do you roll on that? Uh, basically, you know, I've really evolved into a like a doctor office kind of setup to where people come in and they just sit down, they do a consultation. That way I can educate them. But it also allows me to evaluate and understand what they're looking for and listening to them. So it really makes me understand, you know, where they want to be with the cosmetics of their paint before we move forward with the preservation and protection of it. And by doing that, it really allows me to dial in what level of enhancement or correction would be needed to meet their expectations. And I started coming up with those buzzwords and terms, not only because they're more common in the market, but... Uh, Justin, you on. Is that better? What's up? Is that better, Justin? There you are, yeah. Okay. That sounds like... Uh, Sounds normal. Right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm still in my vehicle. Hey, well, thanks for coming on to Pints and Polishing Podcast. A little technical difficulties a second ago. So, but I appreciate uh, you bearing with us. This has been a fun podcast. We're going to keep doing it. We are here to talk to Justin Lobato, and we are going to drink some beer and then uh, review that beer. What beer did you bring? What beer are you doing, Justin? Uh, of course, just an old American lager, however you like to pronounce it, Mr. Yinling. Yeah, Yinling, which we cannot get here in Oklahoma, so we are going to be drinking something else. I will be drinking a Hogarden. DJ, what you got? Oh, man, I've got some of the best America has to offer right here, I'm telling you. Good old Bud Light. Oh, wow. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I literally rushed into the office to catch the call, and all I had in the refrigerator was Bud Light. So I have not made it to the uh, old liquor store yet. So right now I'm going to join you guys with a nice cold 3.2 Bud Light. Wow. Wonderful. Hey, Marty, Wonderful. you know what? I, I, I hope I made the cut, right? What? Do what? I said, you know why DJ's drinking a Bud Light, right? Oh, come on. Uh, here we go. Let's hear it. <laughs> it's nothing like the best watered-down taste, and it's very eco-friendly. It's uh, eco-friendly. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, so we got DJ with Eco Green on. I appreciate you coming. Uh, Justin, tell us who you are. <laughs> 
Uh, Justin Lobato, owner and operator of JL Showroom Detailing, located in uh, sunny Melbourne, Florida, Central Florida, East Coast, uh, same coast where uh, Cape Canaveral is, NASA Space Center. Um, oh, nice. I've been in business for 10 years. 10 years? Been in business for 10 years or been there for 10 years? Uh, no, been in business for 10 years. I've been on, I'm a Floridian. I was born and raised in South Florida. I moved up to Central Florida into this area where my home and businesses have uh, been here since I was 14 years old. Wow. May not look it, but I'm 35 now. Hello? I'm here. I heard your story, Justin. Martin yeah. I didn't. Oh, when, okay. so, when somebody calls me, um, it uh, it canceled out. So, interesting. Sorry. You missed a lot of greatness. I did. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. All right. So, from Florida, you've been in business 10 years. And I missed what you said, so I was going for the repeat. Yeah, that's all right. Now, I've uh, been in business 10 years, and uh, I've been here my whole life and raised Florida, and uh, I was actually born in South Florida. I moved up here when I was about 14 to Central Florida, and I've been here every since. Oh, nice. And uh, the name of your business is? JL's Showroom Detailing Incorporated. But you also wear a couple different hats, right? So you're, you're with Buff and Shine, with the IDA. What all do you do? Well, I, um, I have the title of what they call Lead Global Consultant for Buff and Shine Manufacturing. Basically, I represent the entirety of the detail industry for when it comes to Buff and Shine. Uh, we do manufacture for both the detail industry and, of course, the body shop industry. So I take care of the detail industry side. Um, and then as far as uh, all the other titles, I'm also um, board member and vice president of the International Detail and Association. Um, also a very proud Detail Mafia member with the Detail and Success Network that Rennie Doyle runs. Nice, nice. We're going to definitely hop into that here in a little bit, but I'm glad you brought it up. We love seeing Rennie whenever we can out at SEMA and the different places. Great guy. I think uh, you said, you know, with the IDA, so I think there was a board vote uh, today. I, you know, I just happened to click on your name. Yeah, there might have been one today. Yeah, I, I noticed that. It's a big, big, uh, big uh, year coming up for 2018. For the, it allowed me to more, more so dial in what those terms really represent. You know, so when you do a great enhancement to the paint, most of the time that would be considered just, you know, overall all-out one-step polish where you find the best machine, pad, and product combination to give them the best bang for their buck. Um, and, and with that said, there's a lot that can be done with that. You know, when, when, when you really know the paint system, the substrate, and everything else that comes along with that, you're well-seasoned at it. You can make some magic happen underneath that one. Um, but, you know, correction to me is anything two steps and up. Because at that point, you're really leveling the paint out with the compound to bring that luster back in. In that realm that can be offered uh, but it's just a matter of how much you're trying to stick to the preservation side versus the full perfection side to say. yeah and um before dj i want your opinion and i, I think it'd be interesting to hear what you said too uh i say 
it's not just putting a compound on that makes a correction, right? Like we try and do when we train detailers that come in to Total Off Solutions, you know, teach them how to use a polisher, how to do compounding. We always try to make a difference between like you, we've been like, okay, you've been in business 10 years. When did you start using the term correction? Was it over the past couple years or did you start using the term correction? No, actually, my my first full year in business was 2009. Uh, uh, I would say from June to January 1st of 2008, I was in my I was in my learning phase. And when I went in full throttle after that um, of running the business on my own, I, uh, in my downtime, unfortunately, the the change of hands also was also uh, a, a loss of customers because. At the end of the day, sometimes they may be coming to you for your services, but at the, they're also coming to you for you. Yeah, um, for the you, person. You know, yeah, exactly. Especially when you build relationships. So now that was the negative side of, of picking up somebody else's business. The positive side was in my downtime, I was just proactive. I, I jumped online. And, uh, you know, 2009 timeframe, we were coming out of MySpace jumping into Facebook. That was completely mm-hmm. huge. And, um, there wasn't such thing as a YouTube certified detailer at that point. I mean, there was a lot of YouTube videos for educational purposes. Um, but, you know, I took my downtime and got proactive and really sat down and, and filtered through what I wanted to hear. I mean, I studied the, the AutoGeek website like you wouldn't believe. I just basically would take a panel here and there on a client's vehicle, exercise the, the – uh, the different processes that I would seek and then try to dial in with the, with the products and tools I had at hand. And that's kind of where I picked up the paint correction and, and the term of paint correction as it started to become a buzzword. Um, and, and like, for example, in the, um, the Mike Phillips book in the back, he has the glossary that, that defines the term paint correction in that glossary. And, oh, and nice. that's where I, what's that? I said, Oh, nice. That's cool. I, I hadn't read his book, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, um, and, and you know, that's, that's a tool I use in my shop, actually. Before somebody becomes a certified detailer with the IDA, I highly recommend they read that. That overall will help on their craft side. Also, you know, leading up to success with that 10 quiz. And it will really help boost them on, on the knowledge aspect of being able to ace that test. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, because it's become a little bit, right, as you've been around the country or just, let's say, YouTube or Instagram, right? DJ, you've seen it too. I mean, it's just like everybody all of a sudden does paint correction. And I think that's what I was getting at. I mean, so we de- we define it as, you know, you. so when I started in 2002 and then DJ and I worked together at a, a detail shop and car wash that I owned, and, I mean, we did buffing and polishing forever, you know, you used to use a rotary, and then it was the um, uh, uh, the porta cable, and then the the cyclo came out, and the cyclo just changed everybody's life. It was wonderful, and it just doesn't seem like until the past four or five years that the term correction has evolved. And I think our, my point is what I'm trying to say is uh, we've been buffing for so many years, and you can buff and polish a car without fully correcting it. Is, is sort of my opinion, you know. So, DJ, what do you think? Yeah, exactly what you said. You know, 
I don't know, but I mean, if we're talking about evolution, you know, in the industry, I mean, things are are, are changing all the time. So um, I think there's a big difference in paint correction and paint enhancement. And a lot of guys, like new guys, like Justin, how you said you jumped on, you, you know, researched the AutoGeek website when you just started and so forth. And now there's just so much information online for these new guys that are coming out to where they think they have to do full-blown 98% paint corrections in order to make money. And they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot because, you know, they're setting the standard as, you know, correction or nothing at all. And they're losing out on money. So when you, when you really think about it, and if you just do a quick, you know, buff and polish or just a light polish, I mean, the client's going to be happy with that. So there's just, you know, I'm not really sure where you're going with this question at all, but I just think people need to be, or detailers, new ones need to be educated on the differences of each kind of process that can be done so they're not limiting themselves on the kind of revenue they can make. I think I'm going with, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Justin. I was going to say there's, with with paint correction, and like when I when I was with Mothers and, and I was contracted with them when we were doing the Bear Jackson shows, you know, we did two and three step on every vehicle that ran through the area before it went through the block. And, you know, different percentages that you can execute of the term paint correction. And I think understanding that and getting that across may help clarify what, you know, different levels of paint correction can be offered. But you're right. Being as a buzzword, there's no definite uh, uh, example of just a paint correction, you know, and, and if you're looking at a hundred percent, then obviously you're getting into sanding and, and a lot of other things. Cause then you're looking to fully, look for perfection within correction. Uh, but a lot of these guys have to understand too, it's an art, you know, it's an investment. And a lot of them are trying to claim paint correction with one machine. Um, and, you know, you, you can't do that. You have to make that investment. But the problem is it's a catch 22 because they're not making enough money to buy those machines. So they're trying to fake it till they make it kind of theme. Yeah. And the other thing is too, I think they're losing out on some money from as we've, so our next level coatings, as we've been DMing and talking on Instagram or Facebook or just meeting detailers out and about, they are scared to get into coatings because a lot of coating companies have told them, well, if you're going to use our coating, you have to do paint correction. And, you know, they're missing out on, there's so many um, not seven-year coatings or five, you know, there's, there's more of an entry-level range of coatings that, any detailer with just some general knowledge of wiping and putting a product on and wiping off that there's some that are very easy to use that they could do, but they're scared to get into it because they don't know how to do paint correction. That's like, Hey, listen, like I said, yeah, you got buffing and polishing down. You could throw on a, an entry level coating, no problem and make some money for yourself as well as give your customers a lot better protection for their vehicle than a wax or a sealant. And I agree. So I think that's, that's where your, I was going. No, and I, that's, you're dead on with that. And the biggest thing is, you know, the, there are um, a lot of people, for some reason, coatings have become really intimidating to a lot of guys getting into detailing. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, you're right. It is based on the marketing. It's based on the distributors. And at the end of the day, you know, coming from the background of, you know, the, the early 2000s like yourself and the late 2000s for me, you know, when you get into that traditional... He just calls you old, Mark. Uh, he did. You just, like, slid that in, didn't you? You were like, you're an old fart. Man, nice. Good job. I consider that traditional.
I think your phone cut out. And the joke was so good, it just he dropped Yeah, he dropped the mic. <laughs> uh, did we lose you? Justin, you still there? I don't know. DJ, I think we lost him. I mean, that, that was, that was a good joke. He was like, you're an old fart, and I'm done. Mic drop. You know what? I just realized that you're old, so I got I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so tell me, what do you think about this Hope Garden? You know, it's really good. It's uh, It's got a weedy taste to it, but it still has the... Um, it still has that light lightness to it. It's like a light wheat beer. Well, yeah, it's a Belgium, so it's like a a wit. Uh, a Belgium wheat is sort of like our. It, it would be the the European version of. Oh, and we have officially lost Justin. He is out. That's too bad, man. We were having a good discussion, but I think his phone. That was a good. Discussion. His phone dropped the call. You know that happens. Well, when in Florida. Yeah, when in Florida. Oh well. Hey, so we've got some good beer though. We got some Ho Garden, and uh, we got some other good stuff to drink on. We do, we do. So, what do well, you want to talk about? Do you want to share any last words, anything that's on your mind? No, Marty, I, I don't. Honestly, though, when, you know, to be in all seriousness, if we're talking about you know paint correction, paint, you know, perfection. Uh, not paint protection, but as far as paint enhancement versus paint correction, uh, I just really, I mean, any, I don't know who's listening or whatnot, but if you're, if you're new, there's just, you know, don't just get caught up in, you know, you've got to get things perfect and, and do paint correction. I mean, there's just, you can get a nice cutting pad and a, and a good, you know, cutting polish and a good machine and just really give a paint, you know, a good makeover and, and really still please your client and make a lot of money that way. So you're kind of limiting yourself if you're really going for that full blown paint correction and, and, uh, you know, putting out these great videos and all this stuff. I mean, it's just, just kind of get lost in that. You kind of lose money that way. So we'll miss out on that. Yeah, miss say. out because they're trying to do too much maybe. And I think the thing that we've noticed is, you know, your average person, your average daily driver, they're not going to see the difference in a good cut and polish versus a correction. They don't see the stuff that's exactly. in their paint anyway. We have trained yeah. eyes. You know, just like we couldn't go into a dentist and understand what to do, we couldn't go into a, you know, certain other industries and exactly know what's going on. So it's the same way. We got to understand that our eyes have been trained to see things that other people can't see. Right. And lastly, I mean, when I switched out of that mindset of that full-blown paint correction, you know, looking at all these bigger guys that are doing stuff when I first started and switched over to you know, just doing paint, just doing a good cut and polish and applying a good six to one year coating. We're doing like Honda Odysseys now and making great margins with, with, you know, just daily drivers now. So before we just chasing after those, you know, really high end exotic cars and so forth that you get maybe once a month, but now we're doing daily drivers every week, you know, with, with coatings and we're knocking them out in four or five hours and the clients are just ecstatic. So. And, and unless let's clarify, unless you've got a customer that wants to pay for the time it takes to do a full correction. Absolutely. There you go. I think that's the key. I mean, we're saying you can hit cars on a, uh, a a much quicker way, get them turned around, the customer's super happy, you still make good profit. Or if, don't just say you're going to do a correction on everything, you know, um, we've had cars that come in where they tried to call somebody else and they wanted to charge them two grand and they were going to keep the, you know, the car for two days. They had to do a full correction and we're like, 
well, we can do it for less. And the customer didn't even, they didn't even know what a correction was, you know. So it's all about asking the right questions to your customers. So anyway, hey, I'm going to continue to drink this whole garden. And uh, cheers. You're still drinking the same one? Wow. Uh, I'm having a Bud Light in the whole whole garden. Wow. You, you, definitely, uh, you definitely topped me. So. Hey, had a long day. Had a long day. <laughs> well, DJ, thanks for being on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, you guys go grab you a whole garden. I mean, it's been around for a bit. It's a good beer. You know, you could drink it in the fall or uh, spring, summer maybe. Just depends on what your palate's like. But uh, and too bad, Justin. He his phone dropped a call. Uh, I think that Yungling, Yungling. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it because here in Oklahoma we don't get that beer. But I have had it once. Super delicious. And uh, thank you, Justin, for your time. Sorry that we lost you. And uh, what do we say? Hey, this is Marty Tola Solutions. Make it a great day. day.